In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Gail is a lady on fire for her Lord, and as such, she is most certainly on a mission. For some years now, this West County woman of means has been sold out to the idea of incarnating the love of Christ in one of the toughest, meanest, poorest, most dangerous neighborhoods, one of the most dysfunctional places in the city of St. Louis, the College Hills neighborhood. Gail has organized and encouraged, called and conjoled her comfortable West County Christian friends and neighbors to join her on her crusade of reclaiming College Hills for Christ. There is a fire in her eyes and a fire in her belly that is hard to ignore or escape once she has determined that you can help her in her quest. We can provide food and clothing and school supplies and Christmas parties and Easter baskets for kids, she told me not too long ago. And we can provide job training and even some affordable housing, but none of it will make a bit of difference if it's not clearly connected to Christ. What we need, she told me at that time, what we need is a spiritual leader a man who will live in that community and care for that community and pray for that community and fight for that community. We need someone who can talk the talk and walk the walk and make Christ real in this community. Can you help us, she asked me, can you help us find somebody like that? Maybe I can, I said at the time. But it would help me, I continued. It would help me if I had a better understanding of and feel for that neighborhood. So Gail gave me a tour. On a cold and wintry Tuesday morning last month, she showed me College Hills. And I must admit that most of what I saw and heard that day scared me half to death. I was so far out of my comfort zone for most of that morning that I couldn't wait to get back here on campus. Do you know that on many of the streets in College Hills, the city has installed large, round, concrete barriers? to make it more difficult for drive-by shootings to take place? Unfortunately, it's these same barriers that make it more difficult for police to catch up to drug dealers as they're trying to escape the police cruisers, and it makes it more difficult for emergency vehicles to reach the destinations that they need to get to. It looks like a war zone up there. There are burned out and boarded up buildings all over the place. There is a poverty of resources and a poverty of hope, unlike any I have come across in any city in America. There is a level of lawlessness and danger and dysfunction 
at work up there that melts my courage and takes my breath away. And if it were up to me, I would probably avoid that place like the plague. I'd never go back. But then I read our text and I hear what Jesus has to say. And as I do that, I get the distinct impression that if Jesus were walking the earth today, we would most certainly find him up in College Hill. If you've ever been caught driving through a driving downpour at night, then you know how difficult it can be to see where you are, much less where you are going. The occasional storm produced flashes of lightning that arc across the sky, however, quickly and clearly reveal for a split second the true nature of things. You get a glimpse of how things really are and what you will really encounter as you proceed down that road towards your destination. Now, the ethical imperatives contained in the Sermon on the Mount, including those in our text for today, have been fruitfully compared to flashes of lightning out of the kingdom of God. They are the brilliant flashes that illumine the path, the perils, the opportunities, and even the final destination, all in the twinkling of an eye. Suddenly, everything is clear, although the darkness quickly closes in again. Now, if this is so, then we know from reading our text that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the God road that we are already on, is one where the evil person is not resisted, where the other cheek is turned, where we literally do give the shirt off our back as well as our coat, where we go the extra mile, where we give and borrow whenever and to whomever asks, where we love our enemies and we pray for our persecutors. And all this is summed up in verse 48 where it says, you shall be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now to me, this has the ring of Leviticus 19 verse two where it says, you shall be holy. There is a word of law here to be sure, but there is also a word of gospel. You shall be holy. In other words, God is in the process of making us. What he's already declared us to be, you shall be holy. You shall be perfect. There's an old educational adage that asserts you teach what you know, but you reproduce what you demonstrate. 
It seems that Jesus understood this full well, for he is showing us in our text that we are on the kingdom road not only because of what he taught, but especially because of what he demonstrated for us and for our salvation. Go back over the exhortations in the text. Are they not perfectly fulfilled in and by him who was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, who was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth, who was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth, and who bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. See, we live, move, and have our being in a time, place, and culture that is darker, coarser, and maybe even more dangerous to Christ followers than any time we've ever experienced. More and more we face not just disinterested and apathetic onlookers, but ungodly, aggressive, and outright demonic forces at work in individuals who are hostile toward us and the faith that we have staked our lives on. How are we to deal with them? Our text is not so much about us as it is about Jesus and his radical love for people. Out of his love and grace and mercy, he causes the rain to fall upon the just and the unjust. And out of his radical love and grace and mercy, he calls, equips, and demonstrates for us how to become what we are already declared to be. So that like him, we are all about people, even and maybe even especially about those who are our enemies. You shall be perfect. He is a pimp. She is a drug addict. They are gangbangers who are hell-bent on tearing down all that we believe is good and right and decent. Brothers and sisters, don't you see it? Categorizing others creates distance and gives us a convenient exit strategy for avoiding them. Jesus took an entirely different approach. He was all about including people, not excluding them. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood, the Bible says. Jesus spent 33 years walking in the mess of this world and dealing with all kinds of unworthy, dysfunctional, and sometimes dangerous folks. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave. He became human. You shall be perfect. You see, brothers and sisters, in our lifetimes, we are going to come across all kinds of messed up, 
dysfunctional, and maybe even hostile people. They may be mean. They may even be malicious. They won't deserve any kindness or consideration that we show them. And we get to choose. Limit our exposure to them or love them. We all know Jesus' choice. Just look at what he did for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.